All right, folks, guess what time it is? It's time for another road pod. Pod on the road. Mobile pod. It's the Matt Bernier Show. Part of the In The Money Media Network. My name is Matt Bernier. You can follow me on Twitter, at Bernier underscore Matt. Today is Thursday, April the 6th. 2023. It's episode 155 of the pod. However you listen, thank you for doing so. Many ways to find the show. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, inthemoneypodcast.com. I'm doing this a little bit differently than last week's in Arkansas. I'm pulling out of my driveway right now. I have my laptop set up over on the side. Hang on. I'm going to put my seatbelt on. I mean, you're getting the full the full rundown now. So I am on my way to Logan Airport in Boston, headed to Santa Anita. I haven't been to Santa Anita in many, many moons, but headed out for the Santa Anita Derby this weekend uh, for FanDuel TV. And it's also opening weekend at Keeneland, and there's also a pretty big race happening in New York. And this will be very similar to last week, stream of consciousness sort of pod, also I apologize about the audio from last week. Hopefully this week's is a little bit better because, again, the laptop is open in the passenger seat and I have my good little travel microphone sort of propped up in the console in the center. So hopefully it sounds a little bit better than last week's did. But it's going to be in the same vein because I can't see anything. I'm not looking at PPs or any of that stuff. So it'll just be a lot of, of talk. But the bigger piece for me going into this weekend... And I'll briefly mention some horses in each of the three races. Uh, I don't have selections yet for any of the three. I do have a lean, at least in two of them. Um, The wood, I'm still very much up in the air. I haven't done enough work to say definitively one way or the other there. But the bigger thing for me is, if you go back a few episodes, those of you that are new and you're just kind of stumbling into the show uh, in the midst of Triple Crown season, Uh, Welcome, first and foremost, but also just if you have not listened to these shows in the past, you can always go back and listen on the podcast feed or on YouTube, any of that kind of stuff. A few weeks ago, I had mentioned that to this point, it seems very much like the best horses in this crop of three-year-olds are primarily runners that do their best from off the pace. Now... In order to really get the best out of horses like that, not only do you need clean run, but more importantly, well, I shouldn't say more importantly, but almost as important, if not more so, is you need some pace to run at. And I would mentioned, I don't know, at least a month ago, that if you look at the big boys so far to this point, the high point earners, or the higher point earners, uh, they're horses that like to rally from off the pace. And... I had brought up specifically um, a horse that will run out in California on Saturday afternoon, uh, Go Rocket Ride, I believe is his name, the Mandela horse, the speed horse. Well, isn't there a scenario in which he can somehow get in? Maybe he doesn't win the Santa Anita Derby, but he has his points. And all of a sudden, he's gone from setting wicked paces in these California races Although, to be fair, Saturday's pace doesn't look like it'll be crazy in the Santa Anita Derby. But isn't there a scenario in which he goes from setting these wicked contested leads to all of a sudden being able to take a bit of a breath the first Saturday in May, going a mile and a quarter, and we know that speed is so advantageous? 
in races like that. And if you go through and look at the races that have happened since that pod, primarily the horses that have earned points have been those that rally from off the pace. With the exception of the Louisiana Derby and the UAE Derby, two races where the speed more or less held up. I'm about to sneeze. Excuse me. Again, driving. I can't pause it. Maybe Craig can edit it, but maybe that's the uh, the rawness of the road pod. Anyway, so you look at these three races coming up on Saturday: the Wood, the Bluegrass, Santa Anita Derby. With the exception of the Santa Anita race, which is ironic because typically those are the races out in that jurisdiction that have hot paces early on. The Bluegrass, I believe Timeform US has a a red color-coded pace projector. I believe the Wood has a red color-coded pace projector. And the big names, well, the biggest name I would say in the Bluegrass is a confirmed closer, Tapatrice. And in New York, Hit Show, who is the headliner, is... He's got a little, he's, he's more on the handier side, but by no means is he a horse that's going to be up pushing the pace. You wouldn't think anyway. Beyond that, the run in New York, you've got the Pletcher Maiden down on the rail, who on figs is fast, but he's still a maiden. In Kentucky, you've got Tapatrice, but there's going to be honest pace verifying is going to be in there. He's going to, he's got one way to go. There are a couple other horses that may be a little bit overmatched on paper, whose names, again, are slipping my mind, but you can see a scenario in which they're forward. That that pace feels like it can't help but be on the fast side. And then you go out to California, and Skinner is a horse that likes to rally from well off of it. He would appreciate some hitting early on, but aside from Go Rocket Ride, Practical Move, Practical Move is a little bit more, I mean, if... If I'm being honest, I think Practical Move has the ideal running style for any of these races, where he's got the early tactical speed to be close, but he is not dependent on having the lead. I don't believe Go Rocket Ride has to have the front, but to this point, he's only one outright on the lead. Uh, National Treasure, I've never been crazy about him, but he's not a slow horse early. He, he figures to be relatively close. I think Doug O'Neill's horse, if I'm remembering, has a little bit of early foot as well. But none of them are, are burners the way that a Go Rocket Ride could be. So, just for, for haha's sake, for the sake of argument, let's say the Bluegrass, Captain Trice, does what you know he's done throughout his career to this point. He rallies, puts in this big bid, finishes strong, kind of bolsters his resume. Let's say in New York, the pace is off the charts fast, and you get a big effort from Hit Show or, you know, whomever else it is. But more importantly, you also get a horse that runs second, rallying from off of it. Fewer and fewer horses now in this Kentucky Derby look like they are speed horses. And it brings into the equation the likes of the Go Rocket Rides, who can be forwardly placed. It brings into play... Horses like Kings Barnes, who, no, he didn't set a fast pace in the Louisiana Derby, but to suggest that he can't win because of that, and I brought that up last week when we were kind of looking back at the UA Derby with Dermasotagake, to just 
automatically say, well, it's never happened before, it won't happen this time around, especially when you consider the way that those races have unfolded and the way that the Japanese contingent has run internationally over the past two years, you know, Derma Sotogake is one you have to take, like, seriously, I think. Kings Barnes. Yeah, he had a, a dream setup. And if you don't want to bet a horse off of a dream setup, I understand. But can't we also suggest that there's a, a scenario in which he has a pretty candy setup in the Kentucky Derby as well? Maybe he's not the one cutting out the fractions, but if he's, you know, third off of a 47 and 4 half, I mean, that, that's not a taxing trip. In fact, you go through, off the top of my head, look at all of the recent Kentucky Derby winning running styles, maybe with the exception of Rich Strike. I mean, these are primarily horses that don't go to the front, but are within a few lengths of the lead early. And they have enough left in the tank because the pace has been on the moderate side. They kick home, and those deep closers, they come with their bid, but they simply can't make up the ground. So California this weekend, I think, is part of the equation, but not just because this is, you know, the final round of the 100-point preps, but this is, in my eyes, the most critical weekend that we've had on the Derby Trail. And maybe not because I I think that so-and-so is the, the most likely winner the first Saturday in May or anything like that, but more importantly, there needs to be more pace in this race. For some of these one-run closers, these horses rallying from the back of the pack, you you would better hope that there's honest pace in these races this weekend and at least a handful of them stick around and, and earn points that can at least put them on the bubble for the Kentucky Derby. Because if they don't, and you are, let's say, uh, let's just use him because he's running in Kentucky. If you're a tap at Trice and this pace is off the charts fast on Saturday, and you come rallying from the back of the pack and you win going away, and now you are among the favorites for the Kentucky Derby. Well, you beat an inferior group of horses in the Tampa Bay Derby. You beat what looks to be an inferior group in that allowance race at Gulfstream. And now the mile and a quarter will work to your benefit, but you've got to deal with probably 18 or 19 other horses in front of you because you've got no early foot. And you're not going to have necessarily any pace to run in. So you need to be so far and away better than everyone else. And given the price that you're likely to be, you, be, you become a very unappetizing or uninteresting option. At least in my eyes. And let me know if you agree or disagree with that sort of assessment beneath the video player on YouTube or on Twitter. At Bernie or underscore Matt. It also has led me to draw a few other conclusions from the racing that we saw last weekend. I was in Arkansas for the Arkansas Derby. I love Oaklawn Park, the hospitality, everyone there. I, I can't, I just can't bet the, the track. I'm a mess there. I don't know what it is. I, you know, I'd like to think a lot of it has to do with I prefer betting on grass and they just don't have any, but I, I'm lost at Oaklawn. But I think we can all acknowledge when we see a good horse. And I said it during the pre-race with Mike Joyce. You know, I picked Bourbon Bash, who was 15-1, to 1, and I thought he was a... And by the way, he got buried late to 8-1, to 1, which I wouldn't have touched him with a 10-foot pole at 8-1. to 1. Neither here nor there. I said when we were taking a look at the odds, 
for the race that I felt like Angel of Empire was getting a little bit disrespected and he should be considered the favorite in that race. And he went off somehow at 9-2 to two, and he was really the only horse in the race that did any meaningful running. He had a couple others. You know, Rocket Can didn't run terribly, but he didn't run well. And Red Route won, even with the blinkers on. He, he clearly still doesn't know what he's doing. He can't run in a straight line. And he just doesn't have any early foot. So my takeaway from that race is it's it's abundantly clear, at least in my eyes, that Angel of Empire is the kind of horse that you have to take seriously as a contender for the Kentucky Derby because he's not a confirmed one-run closer. He's a horse that has enough early speed to keep himself sort of in shouting distance of the front. He's not going to be contesting the pace, but he's also not going to be coming from 25 out of it unless they go 45 to the half, in which case it'll be a meltdown and he'll come with his run. He's a legitimate threat to win the Kentucky Derby. If you didn't believe so going into last weekend, I think you absolutely have to. Now, his figs, maybe he's a little bit light on buyers. Maybe he's a little bit light on a couple of the other numbers. But he's going the right direction. He's taking those incremental steps forward. I believe he's improved by five points. I believe he went four to five in his last three races. Something in the ballpark of 85 to 89, 89 to 94 entirely conceivable he jumps up to a 100 the first Saturday in May and that probably wins especially given the way this crop is run but that's not a brilliant takeaway or a not that we're looking for hot takes but not a particularly spicy opinion I think we all can look at Angel of Empire and say there's a lot to like my spicier feel and take and I'm not saying this to have a you know air quotes hot take it's what I believe And unless something dramatic changes over the next four weeks, I don't know that I'm going to get off this take. I think I had said it earlier in the week last week on FanDuel TV, and I think I had alluded to it a little bit on this show last week. I'm going to throw out South Florida. I, I don't want anything to do with the Gulfstream Park form. And this is two years in a row. And I know that also adds and includes the two-year-old champion, Forte, who's done nothing wrong in two starts so far as three-year-old. It has a little bit to do with the adjusted fig. The initial final clocking was incorrect. Neither here nor there. The bigger takeaway for me is they had all been running against one another. And Rocket can, in my eyes was the measuring stick to find out where they actually stacked up. And, again, he didn't run poorly in Arkansas, but he didn't run nearly well enough for me to think that the South Florida form is outstanding. Now, I like Mage a lot. I think he can be a... I think he's a proper talent. I really hope they don't go to the Kentucky Derby with him because I don't believe he's run fast enough to be a threat in that race and you would be throwing 10 pounds of shit at him in a matter of, you know, seven weeks. If you're intent on a triple crown race, I would prefer the Preakness. But even having said that, I would probably take the path of least resistance right now. And let's, I don't know, let's look at the Peter Pan. Give him a little bit of time, get some softer company. Maybe, you, maybe you're not looking at the Peter Pan as a prep for the Belmont Stakes. Because that's a lot to ask. 
I would I would be kind of saying, look, we think we got a really good one. Let's get a graded stakes victory, which he does not have yet. Or let's run in a graded stake where we're going to be the favorite. Peter Pan, I think, is a good good spot there. And then over the summer, you point to the Travers and races like that, or the Haskell and you know, so on and so forth. And I get, I'm sure some folks are listening saying, well, Rocket Can finished a few lengths behind Angel of Empire. He also finished a few lengths behind Forte. Why would you throw Forte out? And for me, it has more to do with, I, I had voiced it after the Fountain of Youth. Forte's number did not improve in the Fountain of Youth in his first start as a three-year-old compared to the numbers that he was running as a two-year-old. And that doesn't mean that he can't improve, but I wanted to see a forward move in the Florida Derby. And while he won, I don't think you got the forward move. I think he called on his class. He's an extremely talented racehorse. But keep in mind, we're talking about a horse that's probably going to be 5-2 to two the first Saturday in May. And if I don't think he's getting any better... Why do I really want to have any part of him? When I think Angel of Empire is improving, I think two fills is going the right direction. These horses running in, in California on Saturday, they could theoretically move forward. And by the way, practical move. I, I don't think he's getting the credit or the respect that he deserves because he's already run as fast as many of the other horses of his generation. He's got better early speed. I guess there's still reservations, and I'm one sort of at the head of the, the list, that when I see practical joke on top, I go, I, mile and a quarter doesn't sound great to me, but horses outrun their pedigree all the time. And he didn't look like a horse that was slowing down in the, the San Felipe or whatever that last race was. So I look at him and I think, why can't, why is he not more appealing than Forte? And I'll go back to Louisiana. And that's a little bit of a common thread for me. I said it last week on this show. I said it before the Arkansas Derby was run. And I feel vindicated to an extent. And there's a horse running in Kentucky on Saturday that would absolutely vindicate me, I think, if he runs a big race. I still believe the Louisiana form is the best form nationwide for the three-year-olds. And Kings Barnes, while the pace was nil, he is going the right direction. He's not taking giant steps forward in his starts. He has incrementally gotten faster. On Thoroughgraph, this pattern for Todd Pletcher, more often than not, at bare minimum, he is going to equal that Louisiana Derby. I believe that's somewhere, and don't quote me on this, but... All in, I want to say it's it's somewhere like 33% of the time with this move, Todd pairs up the top from last time out, and it's, it's north of 40% of the time there's a new top. He's already run a mile and 3 sixteenths. His pedigree says distance isn't going to be a problem. He's got tactical speed, and he won't be the favorite because I think there are going to be enough people that have reservations about the race that he's coming out of just purely on the merit of the way it was run which is not wrong by the way but in a year where I'm looking at a lot of these three year olds I'm going I don't think you're getting any better you've got major in my eyes flaws running style wise 
X, Y, and Z. Kings Barnes, at least I know, is going the right way, is trained by a master in Todd Pletcher. Well, I think you could make the case pound for pound is the best trainer in the world. I said that. Yes, the world. The distance isn't going to get him beat. So Kings Barnes, I'm, I'm seriously thinking at this point right now, barring something crazy on Saturday, could end up being my horse for the Kentucky Derby. But let's, let's pull on that thread a little more about the Louisiana form. I'm, I'm not going to, don't hold me to this because I've still got work to do. But I'm, I am highly, highly, highly inclined to, regardless of the other horses in the race, pick Sun Thunder in the bluegrass. Because he was compromised by the lack of pace in the Louisiana Derby. He still finished mid-pack, I think, sixth maybe. And Kenny McPeak's wheeling him right back. I think you're going to get a much better version or a much better result, assuming it doesn't get stopped or there's no traffic issues or anything like that, from Sun Thunder in Saturday's Bluegrass. Is it enough to win? He's got to run against some big names. But put it this way, Sun Thunder versus Tapatrice, it's it's a no-brainer in my eyes. It's Sun Thunder absolutely every day. Because he's going to be a much better price. He's going to be four times the price minimum than Tapatrice. You would think. Tapatrice is two to one, five to two. Sun Thunder's got to be ten to one. Something like that. I haven't looked at the morning line. I'm going to guess that Tapatrice is nine to five, somewhere thereabouts. I'd see Blazing Sevens is in the race. He's got to take a little bit of money. I'm not thrilled with him. I, I just. I still believe that that Louisiana form is the best form, period, end of story. And I, I'm i almost blindly, unless I see something just like horrific that turns me off, I'm almost certain to bet Sun Thunder if he's anywhere close to, to 8 or 10 to 1. Just because I don't think he had a chance in the Louisiana Derby, and I still believe those are the best horses. So, as of today... Acknowledging that these three races could go a long way. I have a handful of horses that I'm looking at saying I'm using them in some fashion or I'm going to, barring something crazy, use them in some fashion in the Kentucky Derby, assuming they all get there and they're training well. One of them is Kings Barnes. Because I I just, I think it's a, a rash decision to throw a horse out that continues to improve simply because he's coming out of an ideal scenario. Well, guess what? He may get another ideal scenario in four weeks' time. I'm strongly going to consider Dermasodagake because, similar to Kings Barnes, it would be an extremely rash decision to just throw the horse out because the Japanese have not done well or not run well here in the Kentucky Derby, and the UAE Derby has never produced anything of, of significance. That would just be a very, very sort of knee-jerk reaction in my eyes. And by the way, he's speed in a race that lacks a ton of confirmed quality early foot. That's the other thing to keep in mind. When I talk about speed, quality speed. If if you're a a speed horse that, you know, I, I just, there are certain runners that I look at, and this is not meant to be a knock against Jace's Road. 
But Jace's Road to me is not a, a derby speed. If they choose to go, I, I it's the, you know, their horse. So be it. I, I, who am I to tell you what to do with your horse? I'm telling you, as a handicapper, I would be looking at it saying, all right, he's not one that I'm really all that terrified of. He'll be around, but if I'm other speeds, I'm just kind of running the races if he's not in it. Angel of Empire, I'm taking as a legitimate threat to win the Kentucky Derby. He's going to get the jump on the deep closers, and he wants every bit of a mile and a quarter. He looks like a proper threat to win the race. And then the fourth horse right now, before this weekend's races, is two fills. And two fills, I don't know if he's good enough to win. It's everything I said last week. But boy, he he seems like he is... He's on the come right now. There's There's no... There's very little downside to a horse like that in my eyes. Compare him to Forte. Forte is going to be your favorite in all likelihood. It's reasonable think to think two fills will be ten times the price. Eight to ten times the price. On figures, he's run faster than Forte. And he's run against better horses. And I think he's going to get a jump on Forte. If you strip their names away, and I really believe this is the... I wish I had videos still, and I wish there was more time. And maybe I'll be able to piece something together in one of these weeks coming up. Because I'm going to be at Keeneland. I'll be in Lexington for the duration here uh, after this week. For the final three weeks of the meet, and then the first week at Churchill Downs leading into the Derby. But do you remember we're on the heels of the NCAA tournament, both of them, men's and women's, coming and going, and there have been times in the past where sort of the blind resume test on, on you know, leading into Selection Sunday, the idea that you, you don't put the names of the programs up, but you kind of show what they've accomplished you know, defeated X amount of top 25 teams in conference. Their record is X, Y, and Z. Um, but they've struggled on the road or whatever it may be. And then you reveal the names and there's a bit of shock and awe. The, the thought behind the exercise is that you can't have a bias when you're just looking at the resume. You're just handicapping what you see in front of you. And I would... I would wonder that if you took the names of the races away, you took the trainer away, you took the owner away, and you took the name of the horse away, and you just looked at the way that the horses run and the figures that they have earned, I don't believe Forte would be the first name that you come up with. And I this, this makes it sound like I, I hate Forte, and I certainly don't. I think he is nails. He is so much better than I thought he was going to be. Uh, I admitted that last year right after the Breeders' Cup. He's, he's an extremely good horse. But if you just did that sort of blind resume test with all the three-year-olds, I don't believe that Forte would be the first name that you would come up with when you went through all the resumes and you looked and saw their running style and the numbers that they burned. I just don't. And maybe you, maybe you would. I don't believe I would. Anyway, let, let's leave it at that. So I've had some in my eyes pretty substantial takeaways over the past few weeks and there may still be some to come 
as we head into the final round of 100-point Kentucky Derby preps here this weekend. The wood is the race that I need to do the most work on because I, I'm not super locked into all of those horses. I know Hit Show looks good. I know Pletcher's Maiden looks good. I believe he has an equipment change. Beyond that, you've got some horses that are a little light on figs. They're going to need to step up. And it looks like there's a fair bit of speed in that race. The Bluegrass is probably the race with the names in it. You know, the, the more familiar commodities. But... Again, it looks like a fast pace. And if it falls apart, how many graduates, how many point earners going toward the first Saturday in May are proper or legitimate speeds? And I think that's where California comes into play. The California group, I think, has been maligned a little bit, kind of dragged through the mud. Oh, they're not that good, this, that, and the other. They may not be. But I don't think Practical Move has gotten the credit he deserves. And Go Rocket Ride... If your practical move uh, in your Ramon Vasquez and your Tim Yock team, the last thing you want to do Saturday, in my eyes, my opinion, is get hooked in some kind of a duel with Go Rocket Ride, who in my opinion, based on that first pass of the PPs that I did, is the absolute controlling speed of that race. So if you don't want to get hooked with him, you let him go, and you and National Treasure, who is now your uncoupled stablemate, you guys both park yourselves off of his flank or maybe a length off of him. And if that happens, I think Go Rocket Ride's a good racehorse. So let's say he gets brave. And even if he doesn't win the damn thing, he finishes second. He gets 40 points to go along with the points that he's already got. Let's say Practical Move wins. He moves on. National Treasure finishes third because it seems like that's what National Treasure does more often than not. Well, now, fast forward four weeks from now. Tell me why the story in Kentucky is going to be so different for Go Rocket Ride and Practical Move. If that scenario I just drew up plays out. Explain to me why the pace all of the sudden is going to go from moderate to, you know, mildly fast, but, but you know, within reason for quality animals to off the charts ballistic. Why would that change? The only real sort of explanation would be an equipment change for one of these horses, or, and I think there's at least a scenario, you know, if you're looking to take the, the counter to my argument right now, what we saw last year from Crown Pride, who happened to be based in Japan, I, I guess you can't rule out the Dermasodagake goes 46 to the half. I'd be surprised, but I guess you can't rule it out. I, I am failing to see a scenario in which this pace is so hot that quality, forwardly placed runners will be compromised. Which is one of the main reasons that I'm growing more and more fond of King's Barnes. Let me know your thoughts of where we are right now on this three-year-old path to Louisville beneath the video player on YouTube or on Twitter at Bernie or underscore Matt. Again, I am off to Santa Anita Park for the Santa Anita Derby, the Santa Anita Oaks. There are a handful of other stakes races taking place. I think I'm probably at least contemplating playing in the contest out there as well. 
but you've got giant racing happening at Keeneland, headlined by the Bluegrass, and you've got giant racing happening in New York, headlined by the Wood Memorial. The final round of 100-point preps is upon us. After this weekend, I know the Lexington will still offer points next weekend for the Kentucky Derby, but in all likelihood, you'll be looking at your field of 20, assuming they all get there and assuming they all want to go, for, I believe, the 149th running of the Kentucky Derby the first Saturday in May. This is what we all build up all winter. Those of us that live in shitty weather areas, you you build up all winter to the first Saturday in May or to the point where you can look at the the 20 horses, or let's say 25 even, if you want to give yourself a little, little extra, at who will be contesting the run for the Roses. It's an exciting time. I haven't given much love to the Phillies this year. I will do that probably in the weeks to come, just simply because... Again, I don't think it's been a very good group. So we can do a little bit of a deeper dive in the weeks to come. And also, full disclosure, there will probably be a, at least a week off with this show, just the way the agreement between me and uh, In The Money Media is laid out for this year. Probably be at least one week off between now and the first Saturday in May. Um, but I think it's it's such an exciting time, and I think... We may not have any superstars in this group, but you're going to have a good betting race. You should anyway. And let's hope the weather holds off for the Kentucky Derby this year. My name is Matt Bernier. You can follow me on Twitter at Bernier underscore Matt. Oh, and by the way, the first round of the Masters is ongoing. Uh, Last I had seen, Victor Hovland was still tearing it apart. I have bet Justin Thomas to win. I actually bet him as the winner without... John Rahm or Scotty Scheffler at 18 or 20 to 1. Um, I also have a, a, a healthy bet on him to finish top five at uh, 9 to 2. Four and a half to 1 plus 450 for those of you that are sports bettors. Uh, and I had a little bit on him first round leader, which to be fair, and Chris Felica was tweeting all these stats out. It's a great feed. You can follow the bear over on Twitter. Um, but I, I had already known this and I knew I was kind of taking a flyer with him with the first round. JT gets out of the gates relatively slow at Augusta, but then he turns the Jets on. So if he can just keep this thing, you know, uh, I guess it depends what Hovland does. But as long as he doesn't back up. He was one under through 10, I think, when I left. Keep it right around there. Keep it around 71, 72 for the opening round. If you can grab another one, great. But just, just don't don't finish over par for this first round. Keep it in, in red numbers, and um, I like his chances going into the week especially if that weather does show up the way it sounds like it's going to. So uh, let's go JT. That's going to do it for episode 154. Was that last week? Whatever episode of the pod this is. However you listen, thank you for doing so. Best of luck this weekend. The final round of Derby Preps is upon us. Best of luck however you play, whatever you play, wherever you play. Catch us out on FanDuel TV. I'll see you there. Check in with you next week. This has been the Matt Bernie Show.